seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. Welcome, friends, to Color of Magic episode two, two, three. Man, we are getting up there. Your Magic Gaming Podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I'm your host, Aquan Watson. And for 223 episodes, still got my main man, who fortunately has power and isn't frozen, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? Main computer died, but we do have power and heat and all that good stuff. So yeah, I guess the Texas grid for another storm appears to have held together somehow. Dude, that that beats the alternative. Because man, there were places around the country I saw had like minus 40 or something. Mm -hmm. And some spots, it was just crazy. I had numbers that don't even look real on a map. And that's not even wind chill. That's like Maybe actual. Do we have an echo or anything? Do I need? No, no echo. You're good. Okay. <laughs> also, for those of you watching on YouTube, hopefully this will be a better viewing experience. We're going to be trying some stuff in editing. So uh, let us know if it works for you or not, because this is going to be a kind of a different little ride here. Some of this new stuff was planned. Some was unplanned. <laughs> yep. We're just going with it. But before we get into everything, be sure to check out our sponsor over at CoolStuffInc.com. You can use code DRAGON, save you 5% on any of your nerd stuff you want to get. doesn't matter if it's magic, D&D, Pokemon, whatever you want to pick up. But be sure to use our code because it helps us out and it helps you out. Over at Cool Stuff Inc., good people. They always have cool stuff in stock because it's in their name. And you can support the show by going to Patreon.com slash Color of Magic and get a shout out just like John Cooper. Thank you so much for being actually a patron for a while now. So yeah, thanks for that. And colormtg.com slash shop if you want to pick up some merchandise and support us when you go out to events and things. As you may be thinking, thank you for being a friend. Exactly. That's exactly it. But yeah, let's get into our lead story here. It's going to leave a bunch of Magic players kind of upset. And uh, Murders at Karlov Manor, the next Magic set that releases in about six weeks or so, is sadly, I guess four weeks now, is actually not going to have the streamer early access event. It has officially been canceled. And this is one that some of us kind of saw coming. And people say, I don't know why they can't do it. It's, it's like, this isn't just a cost savings issue. This feels like it's more of a personnel issue. You know, because is there a cost? Yes, because you got to pay some people to work an extra day or two and make it happen or whatever. But Ultimately, it's about having people organize all the moving parts. And in this case, you let a few people go. One guy who was basically in charge of dealing with a lot of the creators. You know, I heard heard one or two others that were involved with the process, but from other departments. So once you start losing more than just a couple of bodies, it starts to become hard to organize because I don't think people understand how many moving parts there are to that type of event. Because you got to have... One group that's just the devs, right? Because they have to be available. Because part of the deal is, as you find errors, they're fixing them in live time, hopefully, so they can fix them so you can keep playing on, on the early access event. But also, so it's ready to go by the time it goes live for the general public. You also have people managing the Discord, so they can respond to everybody and structuring the Discord and doing all that. And then you have somebody who puts together all the emails that have to go with the creator's passwords and everything else because it's on a private server. And then the morning of, some people can't log in. Or there's issues, yeah. you know. There's anybody that has been in the program or has tried to do this streamer program is already where they were struggling before they laid some of these people off. Because as we've talked about on here, it has been 
it's been very difficult for them to even get invites to the event out before a day or two before it's time for this thing to happen. So you, so I don't think they probably didn't have enough people working the thing before this, and now they certainly don't. Yeah, and to be fair to Wizards, it's like their early access event was a pretty big undertaking. I mean, because they had even in the the Discord, you would see channels set up for like different countries and languages and whatever. So there were people from all over the world. So hundreds of creators that were invited. And most of the time when you get early access to games, it's just like, Hey, here's a code. They pick like, you know, 20 to 50 creators and they're streaming it or whatever. And that's kind of it. This was like, Hey, we want to get everybody in. We want everybody playing each other. We have these roles. We're setting up these servers, right. And kind of making it to do out of it. And you can't really do that if you're losing bodies. Do you think it gets ever gets back to that point? Uh, I think we can. I, I think next set, because I, I, the issue I would see, and this this part is me speculating, but everybody, those releases happened just before the holidays, right? It was like the week before, two weeks before, something like that. It was, it was right near Christmas. So you really didn't have time to restructure anything because those people are kind of doing exit interviews and getting their paperwork together and whatever, and then they're gone. Nobody's the thing that frustrates people is you always knew a new set was coming out. Was that not taken into account before you let it go? But yeah, that's exactly it, right? Because those people were expecting to be there handling it, right? So then you have two weeks of Christmas and New Year's basically where nobody's in the office. You come back and now you're telling the new faces, like, hey, by the way, we have stream early access in like four weeks. Y'all got to get all your stuff together, whatever. And it's like, yeah, what? <laughs> right? You you're pushing me into this new position. They've got to figure out all the all the workings, figure out where work was dropped and catch up or whatever. And like it's a lot. And honestly, even if they could pull it off, it would probably be a big headache with more errors that it's probably better to just not do it and just say, let's just wait until the next set when we can do it right. Because I've, I've seen, obviously, this, this happen in, in journalism sometimes where they say, okay, such and such project is coming up. Because I think the release said the layoffs were going to be staggered. This might be a case of where they asked somebody to stay until Karlov Manor, and they said, hey, no, if you're laying me off, I need to go ahead and try to find another job. I really can't focus on this. Because it, it, it would you would understand if somebody said that to him, or if several people said that to him, because if you know... <laughs> You're about to get laid off. Your primary function now is you're trying to figure out what your next gig is. Or, hey, if somebody has been already kind of blowing up your DM saying, would you like to come and work for Yu-Gi-Oh! or, you know, Lorcana or whoever. Okay, now you go. You might not have been looking at that job offer before, but now, obviously, yeah, you got to look at that offer. And I would even agree with that. It said it may not even be just that. Some people sometimes do it out of solidarity. You know, some people... Like you're saying, some people are doing it because of opportunity. Some people just want to get a head start, especially when the holidays are coming up. You might, you know what? I'm going to take my extra two weeks. I'm taking practically the whole month of December off, and then I'm just going to go do yeah. my thing. You know, cash in my two weeks vacation exactly. or whatever. And uh, some of the employees were really long-term employees, so there's no telling how much time they have stacked up. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. I, I can tell you from being there, some people will have had at least six weeks, if not eight weeks, saved up. Uh, and they probably didn't use them all throughout the year. So they had that right. they could cash out. You also have, you know, a pretty good severance package for a lot of people there. Obviously, even if you're higher up and you're more tenured, those are going to be even bigger. 
And then some of those people, because like you're saying, there some of them were 12 years, 15 years, 20 years being there. They have a lot saved up even in 401k in that time. So they're not hurting to just take that extra couple weeks off and whatever and just bounce or, or what would have ultimately been maybe three months or something, right? Like they could just leave early and just get started on the next track of their career. If they even, even if they just don't want to retire, they might have enough to retire at this point. I don't know. I remember uh, my murder mystery group used to contract with, uh, well, I won't say the company's name, but yeah, for, for about four or five years straight, I never spent New Year's with my wife because we had a show every New Year's at a certain place. <laughs> and uh, just when that contract actually expired, you know, yeah, I was sad to not have the, the New Year's Eve show, but I, hey, I could actually spend midnight with my wife <laughs> yeah. you know, on, on New Year's for the first time in almost a decade. That's a good point. I mean, that stuff matters. So, yeah, this could have happened for a lot of reasons, basically. But I do think it's more of a personnel issue more than like a system issue or, a, I guess, a decision to just not do it. It feels more like they just said, hey, this was probably going to be wrought with problems. Let's just go ahead and wait. We can do it right on the next set. Or even if you're not sure, be like, okay, let's let it go and see how much people talk about it, question it, see what the value was, which people have already started complaining about it. Yeah, so, so clearly people were, were expecting to have it. Yeah, so that'll probably lean toward them doing it again with the next set. And don't forget, like, we did have a window of time where we didn't have early access events for almost a year. I think there was three or four sets where we didn't have it. And then, I guess four sets ago, five sets ago, we got them back and started doing them again. So now obviously if the, the sales are not what they want them to be, well, absolutely. He'd be trying to do it again next time. Yeah. But, and there, there is a question on what the value is to them as a company, but there is the reality that sometimes people will wait to purchase cards, whether that's physical or digital until they get ideas of how those cards work. Or they see a I deck with certain things that they could go buy or whatever, you know? I think that's with all gaming now. Unless you're just a super fan. Like, for example, I'm going to buy Madden and probably MLB The Show every year. I, I don't need you to tell me if it's good. I'm just It's a thing I do every year It's on my gaming time. But, yeah, most people like to see, even if it's a something they're, they're a big fan of, they, they wait and see somebody else play it or at least read a review because, let's be honest, sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes they're they're even the multi million dollar print like Madden. Sometimes they're terrible. That is true. That is totally true. But yeah, so that's where we are. No early access this time. So if you were looking forward to that in a couple weeks, uh, it's it's sadly not going to happen for this set. But we'll see how each creator handles that. How new decks get rolled out for the first week or two, and uh, we'll just go from there. Not really much else to say about that one. But that does bring us to the soapbox. So we have some pretty interesting stuff this week. All right. So <laughs> for those you don't know about CES, it's the Consumer Electronics Show. And they kind of show off a little bit of everything in the world of electronics. There's everything from things that fit in your pocket to giant, literal now, 114-inch TVs to fancy cars to... St home security stuff, whatever, right? All the kind of new stuff that's going to be coming out or really fun concept stuff of just like, hey, just to show you like companies want to say, hey, we're innovating and we're working on these weird things. And 
here's what could possibly be something in the future or something similar. And honestly, even stuff like those things you saw in the Minority Report where you had like the shaded windows that you could end up or mirrors that you could type on or whatever, those are real now. Like they they previewed those at CES, but we have stuff like that now. So, oh my God, what'd you tell me that for? Yeah, I know. Like, I'm, dude, I'm going to tell you something else. Yeah. I just discovered there are refrigerators because you know you can make ice on the fridge, right? That's not new. We have fridges you can see through. That's not new. Even some that, for whatever reason, have wireless connectivity and can send you notes on your phone or whatever. They now have some that make spherical ice, which I thought was great. Because, you know, if you're a drinker and whatever and you want to get the round ice, or like yeah, they have fridges that just make that now, which I thought was crazy. But that's not my gripe. My gripe is that Sony literally did the living example of just because we can doesn't mean we should. So this guy, who was one of the important people at Sony, I can't remember his title, but he drives in this car using a PS5 controller. And at first, everybody was kind of like, okay, so he brought this car in. All right, cool. And I guess that's a neat thing. But then he says it's a thing they actually want to produce. And you could tell there was like a weird little buzz and some people kind of puckered up a little bit. And the question became, why? But why, though? <laughs> yeah. But why, though? Like, okay, let, let me tell you my concerns, and I'll let you hop in here. But my first big thought is you can't really have a steering wheel that's not mounted. There's two, like, we drop stuff in the car as it is now. Right? Could you imagine somebody fumbling and dropping their steering wheel effectively? Or, you know how you're dozing off at the wheel now, even more so with automated driving or whatever, and it makes a noise to let you know you're starting to drift off the road, and you wake up, fumble the controller, instant accident, right? Like, that that's not good. So it has, has to be a mounted controller. But then, what if somebody sinks a controller to your vehicle that's not your controller? Because that's got to be a possibility. Yeah, you're driving past all kinds of people's houses. Some of these people are going to be playing, according to, I guess, the recent results, or at least, what, 20 to 25 million of these people own PlayStations. Yeah, so like, so that's that's another issue. And it's just the idea that we've seen how people act in vehicles when they're already just going to hell. There's tons of different YouTube videos, TikTok videos, of people just running their vehicle into other vehicles because they're pissed off or mad at their boss or whatever. Imagine if they weren't in the vehicle, what they would do. Like, you could literally just be mad at your boss and just run the car right into the building. No ramifications because you're not behind the wheel. Like, there, I can't imagine any way that this gets approved by the automotive board. Like, there's just no way, right? I wouldn't I, think so. <laughs> I don't know. What are your concerns with something like Because this just seems like a thing that is just crazy. First thing I thought of, you know, every controller I have ever owned at some point, you know, even or also every console has a controller where after, let's say, two or three years, it starts drifting. Oh, yeah. Some, I've had, and, and it varies. Sometimes you like the one that came with the PS5 still doesn't. The one I bought later, for some reason, it started drifting after maybe five or six months. So it's not it just some of them are for like anything else. Some of them are made way better than others. See, can you imagine? You're just, and you don't get a warning. You don't get a, hey, your controller's buzzed. You just all of a sudden, 
you throw a pass in my case, and it goes 20 feet that way because all of a sudden the controller's not working right anymore. Can you imagine driving and then all of a sudden? You just, yeah, that's another thing. Too. Yeah, and because decided, I, there is no fix. If that just happens while you're driving, you're just till you get somewhere it can stop, you're just pulled well, off. Yeah. Because, right, if it's a mounted steering wheel, you just go pay to have your adjustment or whatever, right? But in this case, you would literally have to just get a whole other controller. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, this, I don't know. Like, it, I, don't, I don't know who asked for this. And it's one of those things that, again, it's, you go like, oh, you know what we could do? But then once you do it, it's kind of like, yeah, but why'd we do this? Like, who does this Don Hammond, you've done too much. Yeah, because my thought is, like, what's what's the... Bi- like, most of the stuff you see at CES, even though it's, like, wild and crazy, they can at least explain to you, like, some reasonably good use cases, right? This is why we even considered doing this. I don't think there's a good use case for anything to have a car control. I wish I had a stand-up comedy defensive driving class coming up soon. This is per- this is, I can see easily 10 minutes uh, on this. Now, okay. I, one use I just thought about. If you wanted to start an actual league and you could do giant RC cars. <laughs> like, like that, that's big money right there. You that's a, that's a thing. Replace cars. Yeah. Just, so There so are that. people that... There are people balling like that. I am not as of yet one of them. So if so if you wanted to do that and that became a league, kind of kind of like uh you do the the drone races, but now you just be doing it with actual full-size remote controlled cars. But for people actually driving them and be like full-size cars, like this this just feels like a bad idea. But all right, Brian, what do you got? Well, uh, Ubisoft, I guess, is having one of their, hey, how much money are we rolling around in conference calls? And I guess they're trying to figure out why people aren't signing up for Ubisoft Plus. By the way, side soapbox, can we come up with a better way to name your premium service than just your company's name plus everybody's doing it? It's tired. Which, yeah, this is exactly like one of the problems and the reason why people aren't signing up for this yet is because gamers just are not yet comfortable not owning their games as you know, gamers and gamer gamer media go like what yeah true <laughs> excuse me not trying in in the near future to get comfortable with not uh, we just discussed a couple of podcasts ago that Sony deleted a bunch of people's content on order of World of Discovery because lo and behold you didn't own it you paid for it, but you paid for Sony's license to it, and that license expired. So, yeah, all your however many seasons of uh, Below Deck you bought, you ain't got those no more. So, it, no, people are not wanting to sign up for even more of that. It, it's not fun. It's not. I know we do a lot of it with our various systems, but I know I'm trying to figure out ways <laughs> to own more of the things I bought, not less. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think it's just that. I mean, there's also the reality of people already signed up to a lot of different services. We've talked about that before. Also, you know, true. so do do people want to sign up for another $10, $20 thing on top of their three video game services and their five streaming services? And, you know, like, like probably, hell, you had, what was it? One of the car companies was trying to get you on a payment service for, for heated seats at one point, right? Uh, so it's like, be. yeah, people aren't wanting to sign up for more of that. But especially not from Ubisoft, where let's be honest, the Ubisoft formula, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, go here, 
destroy five of these bases. It's a successful formula, but it is not an innovative formula. Their latest game is, you know, basically Far Cry, but make it Avatar. And yeah, the reviews are, you know, of if you like Far Cry style games and Avatar, this is your jam and it's fun and like Avatar, it's very pretty, but I don't, you can't call it innovative, certainly. <laughs> it's yeah. Far Cry, but made it Avatar, like just causes Far Cry, you know, with a wingsuit. Or Assassin's Creed, if you prefer. They just no. I think just, the, no. the issue for me feels like you identified this as a problem, but you didn't change your service to let people download things, right? To just have the game. So it's just like the. But the only middle ground I can come up with is like something where you are paying for your monthly service, you get access to the whatever library they're giving you, but then if you want to keep a copy of it, maybe you pay in an additional price for that product right like maybe you're paying 10 or 20 dollars a month whatever it is but then if you want say assassin's creed the new one you say okay i'm gonna pay an extra 20 or 25 dollars because i just want to download that and have it because it's going to take me a while to finish it but i want to still mess around with other games that are going to show up on the service but for some reason nobody wants to offer that with their services because they'd rather you pay 15 dollars a month or whatever it is and then not own the thing and then hey you oops! You all your lights to your game disappear. Got to go buy. Which is so else. weird to me because you would still get money from people. Like there's people are still going to pay whatever the low price is to have access to the literal hundreds of games they're giving you practically every month between like Sony and Microsoft. So like you can play. Well, it apparently they're not because the whole point is I guess is leaked out because they were complaining about their Ubisoft numbers not going anywhere. I mean, maybe Ubisoft just ain't making all the games that people want to play right now. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the other part. Like you're saying, you're, you're not making new and fun, innovative things. So, I don't know. But yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. That's probably to address. <laughs> right there, that can't be it. Yeah, exactly. We got to blame it on something else. It's, it's, the, what is this? it's those damn millennials not buying you're enough right. video games. <laughs> hey, I don't know. We're, have been... we're the ones responsible for apparently lowering the diamond business or something because we're not yeah, buying enough diamonds. We're murdering so many things. Yeah, so whatever. I, I just don't understand that. But all right, let's hop into what did we learn this week because there's actually two really interesting things here that uh, I think might surprise people. So what do you got, Brian? I forget how many episodes ago it was, but I declared in, I believe, my uh, soapbox that Dead by Daylight at this point is probably the best licensed game ever made. We have a shared video game universe, including... Freddy Krueger, uh, Michael, at this point, almost every horror game killer or survivor you could want from movies, TV shows, and video games, and they continue dropping the mic. January 30th, Alan Wake. Yes, that Alan Wake, star of multiple Game of the Year nominee, Alan Wake 2, one of the best survivor survival horror series in history, is dropping in Dead by Daylight. At this point, the Dead by Daylight survivors are the survival horror Avengers. I mean, they got Silent Hill characters. You got your Alan Wake characters, Laurie Strode from, from uh, Halloween. Everybody's in this game. Chucky is in this game. There's very few killers slash survivors that are famous in the horror genre that aren't in this game yet. And the ones that aren't in, you figure at this point, it's just a matter of time, a matter of legal wranglings and things like that yeah everybody's 
I think they're, they're all going to probably be there eventually. And then as more horror movie franchises come out, we'll see them come into, and it's the, the best you know, shared universe in gaming right now. I'm curious is did something like smash brothers kind of lay down the groundwork to show people what was possible? It feels right? like, like, that's like if we was... jam all these characters in from all these licenses that we know people like now, admittedly those were all under one house. So it was kind of easy to do, but then it was like, okay, we started seeing a couple other games. Okay. Let us bring in some special guest characters into like mortal Kombat. I think did a couple and you know, like, all right. And that got people excited. And then you got like Fortnite that has, gosh, I don't know, probably like 50 different licenses kind of brought into that game. Right. And then now you're getting it here with dead by daylight. And like each of these is very big properties that have, well, I guess up for Fortnite, I was gonna say it's been around a while. Fortnite's probably the newest of those, but still highly successful. Maybe there's something to this that's working. Definitely. We were seeing just, you know, I think also the Sony Marvel partnerships has shown how much money you can make if you just are willing to work together on a couple of things. After Smash Brothers, uh, you know, the, the thing we never thought would happen, Mario and Sonic started playing together mm-hmm. at the Olympic Games, you know, so it's just, there's so much money to be made if people are willing to put their, you know, their rivalries and their prejudices aside and make that money <laughs> yeah just, just license it out a lot of fun for people that are fans of these properties i've said that for years just license it out get a percentage of the money you know hell we as wrestling fans a couple of years ago we saw that for the first time start happening right where yep, aew does the whole forbidden door. door thing right hell even wb though had wrestlers from organ organizations hell they had mickey james come in carrying her belt from tna or whatever or from impact whatever right so Maybe everybody's realizing that, hey, cross-branding is good for business. <laughs> you know, like, there's something there. Let people I- enjoy things. Just because you like, you know, uh, Dustin Rhodes mentioned this the other day. Like, Stop, you know, hating on you. You should want both companies to succeed if you're a fan of wrestling because both two big wrestling companies on TV pushes the product forward. It forces every nobody can sit there and rest on their laurels because good lord, we've seen what happens when WWE has no competition. Right, uh, random side note: You know who the biggest merch mover is right now? Oh, our truth. That's all. Yep. <laughs> our truth is just dude. Those so Judgment awesome. Day shirts are selling like he he passed CM Punk even, which is for insane. The most, he is the CM number Punk one seller. The voice. Everything our truth has ever been given to do for that company, he is crushed. Like, even if you're not a wrestling fan, go search our truth promo and you will see a video dated for two weeks ago. It is it is shot like a real documentary, and it's the dumbest thing in the world, but so well done. One of the best things WWE has ever done as one of those pre-recorded vignettes. It is so good like just top tier comedy best comedic <laughs> character they have had since santino morella yeah and probably was, that's probably and true he's, and he's you know there are a lot of people and i'm one of them who think they probably should have let santino win the royal rumble i think even they didn't anticipate how you know how big the crowd actually going to be when it got down to just him and i want to say it was alberto del rio and they're like oh my god could santino win the rumble Dude, being real though, he had one of the best debuts for a wrestler ever. Yep. Like seriously, that that's going to be hard to top. The Milan Miracle. Yep. 
And especially, you know, with how Alberto Del Rio's career turned out, he turned no. out to be a complete piece of garbage. Man, if they could go back in time and pull the trigger on Santino instead of Alberto. Yeah, that's a thing you you don't want to look up on the internet. Dude, just, just a bad human in a lot of ways. But I found out, and this one really surprised me, that Rock Band 4 has new DLC coming. I and don't get me wrong, I think Rock Band, great franchise, absolutely really made bank for about a good five, six year window in there. It was it was top tier. But I thought they were done. I didn't even, you know, they said their last piece of DLC comes out on January 25th. So that's awesome. If you are a rock band fan, hey, there's still another packet of stuff coming that you can download soon. Which is wild. I would have never even... like. I remember, and we were talking about this off the air, I remember when, I think it was like 2017, they had produced the last VCR. And I was stunned at that, because I didn't even know anybody who'd even touched a VCR, except for like when they want to watch their really old Disney cassettes or something, you know, Disney tapes and put them in there. So yeah, I didn't even think that was a thing. So to find out that Rock Band 4 still has content coming out, that's actually pretty sweet. I think I one, of the things, one of the things that unfortunately killed them and other music games is the fact that you couldn't stream them on Twitch because of all the music licensing yeah. and everything, you know, that, that's really popular. Even stuff that, that is kind of has niche popularity, there's somebody on Twitch that's helping drive said popularity. And the fact that you, for the most part, can't do that with Rock Band outside of, I think, uh, I mean, there's a few groups that have said, I want to say uh, Dragon Force, who but famous for Rock Band, you know, the fire and the flame. Yeah. Traditionally, the hardest game in either Rock Band or Guitar Hero. I forget which, but I think they said, yeah, use all our music. We're cool with it. I think over time, too, you know, peripheral games just kind of had a time. You know, I think because there was those, there was like DJ ones, there was drum set ones. uh, There was just so many different ones. And then I think after a point, it's just like, I don't want to hold on to all this stuff just to play a game. I want to pop out every once in a while, you know. But yeah, cool, cool though that still has content coming. I wouldn't even considered it. So that was actually a pretty cool thing to just come across this morning. And apparently, I think either Rock Band, I want to say it was Guitar Hero, tried to buy Prince's music, and he, and he he was like, "No, nah, thumbs down." We need Dave Chappelle to do a comedy sketch about like you know <laughs> the the video game developers trying to convince Prince to let people play his music. You know that meeting was epic. It had to be. Maybe like the thing about Prince is some stuff is like super epic and others are just deadpan short. Like, I, like there are literally multiple stories where he just went no. And then just left. Like there's a story where I think it was like MTV ran a contest for like Prince to come to your town or whatever. Right. If, if I remember right, the story was like, he got on this plane, went to this little town in the middle of nowhere, literally showed up. I don't even think he performed just like hung out for like two hours, got back on a plane, went home and people still were excited about it. Right. It and, but he was in his head. He's like, why am I going to this little, whatever, like just did it, took his pictures, whatever, signed some things, got on a plane, went back home because that's Prince. <laughs> I mean, like that's just how he was sometimes like crazy, but all right, let's get into some of our other topics of the week. Cause uh, there's a couple of interesting points here. All right, so looping back to Murders at Karlov Manor, we found out who the killer was, which was a little weird, you know, because it was all like, hey, there's these clues, and we're going to find out there's a murder that happened here. Obviously, it's in the title. 
and you got to figure out who the killer is. But then they kind of just told us in this video they put together on Tuesday. And then, you know, they talked about it on, on their Twitch show or whatever. And you can go to YouTube, look up Murders of Karlov Manor. It's, it's still out there. So I'm not going to spoil it if you don't want to know it, but it's out there if you want to see it. The thing that was weird is because it felt like maybe there should have been a story element that got released the day before or something. So if people wanted the full thing around it, and don't get me wrong, they didn't just come out and just say, like, here's the killer. They at least went through the song and dance of like this suspect, this suspect, here's why he believes each of these people did it or whatever. And then here's the person and why they did it, right? So that was a little weird. It felt a little like, I don't know if I want to say anticlimactic, but Almost like not not just the way they did it, but the fact, and again, without spoiling it, it was kind of like you had to when you mentioned who it was, like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember them, but not really. Yeah, it to me, it felt like just circumventing expectations, maybe that might be correct. They they do this on TV shows where it's kind of like, oh, who shot JR, you know, and it's not any of the characters you would care about <laughs> is some character that could easily be written out. Like, that's for real showing your age. Y'all, if you don't know, y'all gotta go Google that. Like, that was a whole moment in time. for Like, that was a social media scandal before social media. We talk about who shot JR. <laughs> well, it's hard to say somebody else, but, you know, that's the prototype. That's kind of where it really got started and took off. So I could have said somebody else, but, you know, even if you're... If you've you know if you've done any study of TV and media, you've probably at least heard of that. Yeah, but yeah, that's the, the epic yeah. One. So the thing there though, it kind of was saved because they sort of said, okay, here's kind of the through line, and this is the story, but there are still a lot of puzzles to solve. I believe they said there was a lot. I, I feel like the number was like sixteen, maybe. I don't know. I don't know why that's in my head that that's the correct number, but a lot of puzzles nonetheless. And each product, everything from like pre-release kits, booster boxes, whatever, there's going to be clues still scattered throughout. And they have a website set up. I believe it's radnicadetectiveagency.org, I think, is the website. Maybe it's .com that you can go to and people can put in clues as they're discovered or whatever, and it'll unlock the next thing and the next thing. And then when people solve, somebody solves the final one, I believe he said it's going to unlock an additional story filling in more of the gaps or whatever. So there's at least still a thing to work for and you still get to do the sort of mystery solve a thing. It was just kind of weird. And, and and this is kind of the tough part anyway, right? When you're producing a set that tells a story, was there a way to even do that without directly revealing the killer? Or do you just do it in a story online, but the clues are hidden among the cards, but you, the cards never tell you who the killer is? I you know, will say it's better than, you know, I guess uh, the Sopranos. At least we know who the killer is. <laughs> you know, the Sopranos, we, we never we never found out. That's true. That's also true. So, yeah, it, it was just a weird thing. I, I don't know if there is a correct way, you know, when it comes to stuff like that. Because that's the weird thing where you're trying to tell a story, but you're also trying to get cards out in front of people. And then if you're going to be previewing cards, you wouldn't want people to ruin or figure out the story and post about it before you did. So, like... It's a weird song and dance. I I don't know, but I'll at least give them credit for saying, like, even though it was a little weird just to find out who the killer was, it is cool that there's at least a lot of still puzzle clue solving elements that you still get to do all that around it. And I almost wish on some level we may have 
could have promoted it more about solving these puzzles and clues or whatever. And maybe something really cool is being revealed in that last story chunk and just let the set be about, Oh, there's this murder and here's this guy who solved the murder, but now you've got to figure out all the clues as to why and what that leads to or something. Right. Like, I think there was a different way we could have presented it to where that doesn't feel as bad. This is, this is a set where the lore for real needed to carry you. And as we discussed, they're not really good at that. Now, that being said, we also found out about their clue product that was related. Because for as you don't know, there was supposed to be a Ravnica-themed clue game that was to come out alongside Murders at Karlov Manor. And there's still going to be rare cards and exclusive things, so the product's still going to have value. So I'm not saying don't go buy it or whatever, because I think some of the cards in there are going to have some real value and probably going to be worth owning. And from what I understand, pre-orders were good with different websites and stuff already, different retailers, so people want it cool but the flaw here for me was that they made they they did a thing when i was at wizards that i try and chris cox was actually kind of in favor in this when we had a conversation before was there should be more things that allow people to enjoy magic or D without having to play magic you know and i and unfortunately this clue related product is basically a way to play magic with extra steps to solve the mystery or depending on how you look at it to play clue with extra steps through playing a game of magic. <laughs> right? But, and I don't know that that was really necessary. You know, I, I think a lot of people are just like, Hey, we just want some sub game that's related to clue of just like, I got to pick the person and, and the weapon or whatever in the location. However you want to do that just in this box with some unique cards. But then we kind of got that, but it's, oh, I have to play a game of Magic so I can ask the questions and then eventually try to figure it out. And it's like, was that really necessary, though? Like, I could see people just getting it and then coming up with the variation and not ever playing the game of Magic to <laughs> to solve the game, right? And that's probably what a lot of people are going to do. Because especially right now, I think may, once upon a time, I think that logic might have been correct. So, like, we need to do fun things or, and give people magic variations or whatever. The problem is now, we already have Commander. A lot of people play four-player Commander, and that's a thing. We have pre-packaged stuff like the Magic Game Night thing that comes with five one-color decks or whatever that are themed. So that already exists. We also already have Arch Enemy, so you can play three or four players against one player. So that already exists. It's like, we don't need any more variants on how to play magic. Hell, we also have the the plane chase, right? So you can have a different location to go to and with different effects. I, I expect, like you <laughs> said, they're probably looking for the next commander. And the thing is, they didn't create commander to begin with. The players came up with oh, commander. Believe me, they're not even worried about that because they make so much money on commander anyway. They just want commander to keep going. <laughs> like that's, that's you the thing. With another one, you wouldn't say no to it, right? Sure, but I, I think it would be it would be so much effort to shift. Like it would have to be phenomenally better to, to get people to want to jump from commander right now. But again, I think that the product's still going to sell. So I don't, I don't think it's a bad product. I, I'm not saying that. I just think the expectation, you could see it in the comments and even from people I've talked to since like there was a little bit of a letdown and just like, Oh, we got another magic variant with some clue stuff in it. And so I was like, Oh, okay, I guess. But, like, not the excitement of, oh, there's going to be just a whole different game in this box that has magic stuff, but has the clue, like, solve the mystery thing. And I don't think anybody really knew what to expect. 
but it wasn't but that. Yeah, and I think that was the thing. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's probably still going to be fine. The cards they previewed so far that are inside of it actually look pretty sweet. And I think people are going to want them for multiple different formats. So that's cool. But it was just like a, it, you could tell there was just like a weird feel when they announced that part of it. There wasn't the excitement around it. I think the set still got a lot of sweet cards. And credit to them because during their event, they previewed a lot of cards. Those, like, usually you'll get like six or eight or something. I felt like this time there was like 15 or 20 that we got to see kind of right out the gate, which was pretty cool. And some different art treatments and stuff. So I think the set's still going to be cool. It was just, I don't know. I think there was the, the way it was set up and promoted, there was these expectations. And then you know how it is. Like you build it up in your head and then you see it and it's just like, oh, that wasn't really what I wanted. But I guess it's fine. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of what it is there. But let's talk about a new board game that's coming. So, Brian, have you heard about Wingspan? I think we've talked I about that before. I have indeed. It's uh, one of the most popular new games in the. I forget, was it, was it 2022 or 2023 when it No, it came out well before that, actually. I got a okay. copy. I want to say maybe I got a copy late in 2020, but I hadn't, I didn't even open mine for a year because I wasn't okay, yeah, gaming with people. <laughs> yeah. So it's been around a minute, uh, created by a very obviously talented woman, but there's a new game coming called Wormspan, which is weird, but worm with a Y, meaning there are dragons. So if you want a variation of this game that actually is about raising and <laughs> i guess uh, battling dragons at some point you no know i do <laughs> here you go and and what's cool is they also made sure that this one has a woman designer it has a woman artist so they've kept the flavor and the theme from the original but this one's just dragons instead of birds that's awesome yeah and it's supposed to be available next week i believe so oh wow okay I'm, yeah. it's right around the corner you know and it i think it's going to be priced around the same so i think like 45 dollars or something like that so really cool man it, like the game was so popular we're now getting spinoffs of it which i imagine was only a matter of time that's what you want yeah now will i own it i don't know i think this is one where i'm gonna have to see how different it is like are there enough special rules or something that it plays a little bit differently because if it yeah, plays the same... My daughter loves Dragon, so yeah, this is probably first day purchase. Well, there you go. Yeah, I already own the original, and I was already thinking about getting some expansions for that. So and That's what I think a lot of people... That's what they're counting on, is that there are so many people that love Dragons, that if you give me anything Dragon-related that's, that's even kind of fun to play, we're going in. That's fair. Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, I think for me it's just, is it different enough? You know, I feel that way about all my games, where there's a variant. It's like... You know, like we talked about earlier, you know, people have Monopoly, but it's like, all right, I'm going to get the Star Wars Monopoly. Okay, is it the same thing with your Star Wars skin, or are there extra rules that make it feel more Star Wars that happens to be Monopoly, right? If so, then maybe I'll pick it up. If not, I'm just going to have my Monopoly board, you know? That's sort of what I'm feeling like here. I kind of already like the game, already have it. Do I want to go invest another $45, $50? Yeah, maybe. But if there's some cool also, rules... When, when does the Game of Thrones variation come out? Because that, that license just sells itself right there. Maybe that's an expansion for, for Wormspan, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, but, like, there could be cool rules of just like, hey, do some eggs hatch two dragons? Or can certain ones only... Like, you have certain cards that change the season and some dragons do... You know, like, okay, cool. If there's stuff like that, then I'll probably pick it up. But 
I, I just think the idea is neat, though, man. It's, Some dragons uh, don't listen, and they might eat the rider. Like, Oops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, are there dragon riders, right? That could be a thing. But, yeah, it's it's a cool idea. To, I don't even remember the last game I've played where dragons, like, dragons were the actual focus, right? They're games like Suro that have, like, artsy dragons on it, but you're not really doing anything with dragons. Smash like, Up has a dragon faction because Smash Up, you know, yeah. has, have every faction in existence at some point. But I think this could be cool because, you know, depending on what type of dragons that you, because, like, the thing about Wingspan is there's, like, 50 different birds or whatever in the game, right? Here, you would probably have to do some, like, Asian-style dragons, right? The Chinese dragons. You might have to do some old mythological, old English dragons, do they get licenses to use certain dragons in future expansions? Right, I that bet be they absolutely are going to end up doing that. You take my money if you get smog. Just take my money right now. Or do you get a D and D expansion because they have oh, all of their dragons, right? Like, so that could be a thing. So I don't know. It's it's doors wide open for a very cool variant. So I I was kind of surprised. Yeah, we're already. Yeah. All right. So there was also a news story that got gamers a little bit upset this morning that popped up at the top of the day. So there was a couple of independent studies that got ran, I believe through 14 peer reviewed things. And I can't remember the number of, of people they tested, but the results came back that gaming or gaming habits, I should say, may be contributing to long-term hearing loss and tinnitus among gamers. Now, the end result, obviously, is just don't put loud things in your ear for an extended period of time. <laughs> right? that, that's the end result of this. And they're not trying to say this is only exclusive to gamers. What they're saying is, as gamers, we have some bad habits that they're starting to see develop these hearing issues for people down the road. And interestingly... I thought about it and I was like, man, I kind of do know some people that have been talking about some hearing issues or several people that have tinnitus. I was like, maybe, maybe there's something to this. You know what I mean? Cause I don't, I mean, I wear my headphones a lot and I don't even think about it, but now granted, I'm usually not playing loud music or stuff in them. Cause I'm usually just listening to myself while I'm editing or whatever, you know, so not large volume stuff, but I could see how just constant noise in your ears could slowly be contributing. You know, and it's something I don't really even think about. You know, maybe we do need to change our habits as gamers. It was one of the things the doctors asked me about. And, and let me tell you, you, you do not want tinnitus if you can't avoid it. Yeah, I remember you talking about it about a year ago. You talked about it on the show. So, yeah. I mean, and here's the thing, too. It's only going to get worse because we're starting to get, like, special headsets and special earphones. And now they're, like, one-piece contraptions. And, you know, all the help. Soon we're probably going to have just helmets, honestly, the way things are going. So it's something we're going to have to think about. Because I believe in their study, they were saying in the course of a week, you shouldn't be doing it for more than like 20 hours at a time or something. And if you're younger, it's even less than that, like less than yeah. half. And anybody that's creating content is going to blow past those numbers. Well, yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. So it's like something we should at least be taking breaks, taking the headsets off, maybe trying to listen to stuff without headphones where it's not necessary sometimes, you know, where we're not disturbing other people. Because even me, I'm mostly in my little room, studio, whatever you want to call it. And I'll still have my headphones on just out of habit. Dragon cave. Is that not what you call it? Dragon yeah, exactly. Cave? So, so I should be just like, Hey, let me take the headphones off 
you know, while I'm working and just turn the volume up on the monitors or whatever. Turn my headphones up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but for whatever reason, I just don't. It's just habit. And I'm just right. like, man, this is one of those things that we don't think about that. Pro- and the sad part is a bunch of gamers immediately got upset. Like, well, that's any loud noise or blah, blah, blah. And people's like, yeah, but people in other scenarios usually are wearing some type of sound dampeners, whether that's actual earmuff type things or earplugs or whatever. Like we talk about, like, if you're on a construction site. They are usually wearing earplugs, right? You'll see the little plugs with the string connecting them behind their head because they know they're around jackhammers and stuff all day, right? But we don't do that as gamers. You know, hell, we go to conventions. We go to all this at words loud and noise everywhere, and we don't even think about it. You know, but that probably wears on your hearing at some point. So yeah, just a cool review. I something. I will to think say about. it's a great thing to write a paper about because in talking to my ear doctor, he says you'll you'll never find what caused it. You know, because there's so many things that can cause it. Like there, COVID apparently has has some people that, that get tinnitus. Um, high blood pressure can do it. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess since I at some point have had all those things, I especially will never know. Everything yeah, that's true. Bl- or all, all of them combined, who knows? You're you're checking every box, right? <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought that was a, an interesting review, though. I, again, people were upset about it. They took it kind of out of context, like. But I wanted to be clear. They're not saying gaming causes these issues right it's that they are contributing because we have bad habits that that's really what the takeaway is from that kind of the same way i think the example somebody used even in one of the write-ups was it's not saying that like hey if we reduce fossil fuels the environment's magically going to be better it's like no that's one of the things that may be contributing because we have bad habits around how we use fossil fuels right? like we need to fix that and fix a bunch of other stuff but it's got to start somewhere so yeah Watch your hearing. Don't wear your headphones as long if you don't have to. Especially if you're traveling, because that's the worst. You can put headphones on from the time you get to the airport till the time you get to wherever you land, and you, you may not be listening to anything on the outside world. But all right, that brings us to our dinner table conversation. And this is something I, I realized that we hadn't talked about with the turn of the calendar, Brian. So the question I'm presenting to you is, what do you want to see this year from Magic or gaming at large? I, I, I want to see it be safer for women. I think that's going to probably be my answer until we actually see it become at least a little bit safer for women. And to people of color, too, to definitely not even a lesser extent, to the exact same extent. And if you fall into both of these categories, yeah, I, I, you're still... now. Gaming companies are trying to do more in terms of chat, but Kotaku actually just published a piece on this talking about how, yeah, most women that play games still still keep their stuff muted until they've heard Mm -hmm. some of the chat and feel like it's possibly okay to talk to people. So work has been done, but even more work needs to be done because they're they're saying a lot of times, you know, they obviously... Almost everybody at this point has some kind of report feature you can use, but then, you know, a couple of weeks later or heck, sometimes same week, you may hear that same person being just as much of a clown. And so you just, at that point, you feel like you can assume nothing has been done. 
or at least nothing that has done anything that might change their behavior. Yeah, one of my big things kind of falls in that space was just harsher punishment for bad actors. I feel like we have so many systems that we've had for a long time. Hell, even on League of Legends, I've talked about it before. You have some people that would get reported and suspended like five or six times. Like at some point after the third time, especially if it's in a year window span, right? Like they're they're not changing. This is just who they are. Like get them out of there. They're not contributing anything. Obviously, you're getting a bunch of reports on the person. Bounce them, right? We just don't need that behavior. It's not contributing anything. It's not positive. It's making everybody's experience worse. No need to I work. A, a, a lot of games, and I thought League of Legends was one of them, but maybe not, was kind of creating their own Valley of the Trolls, where after you've, like, for example, disconnected from so many games early, you go into a queue where you can only play with other people who disconnect all the time, and then, yeah, now you've got to, your oh. punishment is you're, you're trapped in a room where everybody is just like you. I don't think it's, I don't, they might. Now, I don't know. It's been a while since I've booted up, so I couldn't tell I you. I thought they were but, one of the games that had that. But I even mean, then, actually, if you, you probably don't watch it because it's on Apple TV, but there's a show about video gaming on Apple TV called Mystic Quest, and they had an episode where they had a bunch of, uh, well, basically white supremacists get on their server. So they created a server where they just basically ended up sending all the Nazis there so they could yell at each other. For, and, of course, spoiler alert, the Nazis were still yelling at each other because when you get a, they don't even like each other when there's a yeah, big see, like, group of them. I don't even know if I'd even want to spend the money on my servers for those people. I'm like, just cool. You don't get the privilege of playing our game. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you know, just I feel like that's where I'm at at this point. Like, if you're just a continual bad actor, don't need you. Yeah, I feel like that's that arguably is one of the best punishments you can give them. Oh, at least in the current state, yeah, for sure. If you're not going to just completely boot them, at least make them deal with the other knuckleheads, right? To see how bad they are. Because I mean, maybe a handful of them will realize, oh God, is is this how I sound? Is this how yeah. I act? Oh, I'm sure some for? number of them hopefully will figure it out, or they're in there long enough that a year or two passes, and as they get older, they're like, man, what the hell am I doing here? You know, <laughs> like like that's a thing. You know, I think in terms of magic, uh kind of want to see some event stability. And I think we're starting to get there. We're, people are starting to come back to events. Stores are starting to get tournaments going again. And kind of, you know, people like to say get back to the gathering a little bit. You know, I think, I think we're slowly getting back to that. Would be cool to see more large events happening. And we're seeing a few people schedule some. So I think that would be kind of fun to see that come back around. I hope it's going to be possible because, again, we're already seeing them lose events and things because of the layoffs. So hopefully they figure out. And I know they're, I've seen listings where they're hiring for a lot of positions. Yeah. So hopefully. Well, recently, to... Star City is now going to be running the uh, regional qualifiers and the big regional championships as of, I think, after the next DreamHack one. I think the next DreamHack one's the last one, and then they'll be running all of them after that. So that'll be a thing that's coming and they have event organization experience and all that. So they can handle it, you know, if, if they get bigger, but yeah, I think it's just little stuff. I don't think I have any big ass from the industry other than, Hey, let's keep booting the knuckleheads. But generally it's just little stuff, man, across the board. I, I think gaming as a whole, especially when you talk about large events, conventions, you know, live demos, things like that. Like we're still somewhat in a recovery phase from the pandemic for a lot of people. 
I mean, I've, I've met some people even recently, like they're just now doing some of their first events since COVID, you know, like just getting back out finally. So yeah, it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be a little bit. I don't think there's anything huge, just a lot of small things, but I, I think we can have a good year though. That being said, 2024 start out hot. Like we got doors fly falling off of planes. We got dudes dunking themselves, skinny dipping at the, at the Cabela's or whatever. Like, I mean, it's, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Cat Williams losing his mind, calling people out. Like, you know, like 2024 has been hot so far. <laughs> so I don't know what we're in for. But Jason Whitlock outing himself on social oh, media. Oh, yeah, that was that was a bad one, too. I mean, you you name it. We've, we've already had a full month, and we only are 17 days in. So this year, this month was quite a year. Yeah, exactly. This month was a whole year worth of social media news. But yeah, man, I, I think we can have a good year this year. I think for Magic, there's a lot of sweet products already lined up. So I don't think we have to worry about that. I mean, hell, we're going to have Fallout in a couple months. You're going to have some, uh, do we talking about, uh, was this the Kingdom Hearts year or whatever? It was not Kingdom Hearts, uh, Final Fantasy. Like that's on the docket. We've got some other big set later in there. Oh, is Assassin's Creed or is still on the thing too? That's That's another one in the pipe. So like, there's a bunch of stuff, man. We've, you'll, we've got... you'll buy it, but you won't actually get to own it because it's Ubisoft. <laughs> 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 Digital only secret lair. This just <laughs> who knows, man. So like, yeah, there's there's a bunch of stuff. I I would be happy with a lot of things this year, but I think it's gonna be like you'll probably have to ask me every few months of like, hey, what do I want to see over the next couple of products or over the next couple of months? Because man, right now being in January, seeing how things are going, who the hell knows what's gonna happen this year. But why don't you everybody if they can find you on social media? Right. I am Brian Sonic on Twitter <laughs> slash X <laughs> and Instagram. And you can find me everywhere at Power Dragon P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And I gotta say, as always, wherever you are watching or listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please take care of yourselves and your family. Remember to be awesome and most importantly, be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate under patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.